Welcome to Gents with Joe and Spence, where we talk about everything under the sun the Adam's sons have done. And today's topic, we're talking about failure is feedback and how to take criticism and be teachable. Joe, so just like all of our episodes before, another one here for you, but at the beginning of every single episode, we kind of recap the episode before and our question and our challenge, right? That's right. What was our question and our challenge? So our question was, would you, if you won the lottery, would you keep it or would you uh, give it away? And almost everyone that I talked to says keep it. Yeah, everyone I talked to said keep it. Everybody yeah. I talked to is a construction worker and works hard. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I would love to be not working construction. Yeah, yeah. I think the only uh, example that we heard from that was those one people from Canada that uh, gave it Elderly away. couple, 70 years old. Yeah, that's the only couple that we... Yeah, we didn't talk to them. That was, on our, that was on our research from last time. Right, that was on our research from last time. What was the challenge? And then our challenge was do something good with money. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter the amount. Just do something good with it. Five bucks, ten bucks, bajillion dollars. What did you do with good with money, Spence? What I did is I invested in cryptocurrency. Um, me and you were kind of looking into that and big into that. And I invested more into What'd SHIB. Into SHIB? SHIB, SHIB yeah. coin? SHIB so, coin. Hail SHIB coin. coin. Guys... <laughs> Uh, go buy Shipcoin. It's well, go buy it. Yeah, it's supposedly insanely a good investment cheap. right now. It's insanely cheap, like point zero zero for a hundred bucks. You can get like eight million. Yeah, eight million shares or something like that. So, and then even if it goes up for a buck, you got me eight million dollars. Yeah, I don't know how long it'll be since it goes up, but I, I invested in that. So that's a good investment. Yeah. What did you, Joe? What did you do? I bought two people lunch. That's a, that's all. At, at work. At work, yeah. That's sick. And so, did they like ask? Like, did you ask to repay them? So I'm guessing no. They're just like, here you go, done. Perfect. Here you go. You're good. Yeah, and uh, these aren't these don't have to be huge things, but I bet that get, made their day or made their week. Just that little yeah, helped them out. Yeah. They've did the same for me in the past. You know, yeah. Helped me out. Yeah. Um, also, what we've done in the last couple episodes: update on your collarbone. How's how is it doing? Is it good? Super fantastic. I went and actually had an appointment today, and the surgeon looked at it. It's all healing back together. I have a huge plate across the top of it. But yeah, I'm doing good. That's sick. I'm on the mend, so we're good. That's good. And it's feeling better? Yep. Perfect. Also, we need to do a gents moment. Gents moment. Do you have one, Joe? I do. So today's is about an elementary school in South Carolina. He wanted to help these little boys all in his school that he... That he knows the of. The student? That, yeah, the students. Okay. Uh, that they didn't have dads. So this was a... Yeah. These students were coming from a fatherless home. And he started a club called the Gentleman's Club. Hey, that goes right yeah, along with that us. That goes right along with what we got going on here. Uh, and as they would come to this club, they would dress, learn how to dress nice, uh, learn how to shake hands, make eye contact. And he even had like little jackets for these guys to wear and, to- and ties and... Because the boys right. couldn't afford that, you right. know, and so he'd bring them in, and they'd learn uh, common courtesies. They'd learn That's cool. chivalry in life, you know. That's awesome. Anyways, this teacher organized this. Nothing. He didn't get paid any extra for it. He just saw a need 
to in be the a community, gentleman. In the community, in the school. And he jumped on it and did a great job at it. Well, shout out to that shout guy. Shout out that guy. Yeah. And he's making a difference in the community. And I, that's why I like these gents moments is because we can shout those people out or or have someone to look up to to make a difference in the community. Yeah. And that's what our show's about. We want to yeah. make a difference in this world. So we're, yeah. we're bringing out that positive, bringing out those positive stories, those positive things that we've seen yeah. or we've read about yeah. to better help positivity. Positivity. People being better. Yep. Okay, so let's jump on our topics, man. Today's topic: failure is feedback, and this goes right. So this is this episode's uh, going back to our list, and we're going number two and four. Yep. That is failure is feedback, and take criticism. So in these topics, we obviously do our research. We learn as much yeah. as we can about these. Mm-hmm. Spence, what did you learn about failure's feedback? So failure's feedback. Um, I play sports. As all of you know, in our first episode, we talked about that. If you guys haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But I'm a big sports guy. I play high school sports. And failures feedback is something that I have to take in consideration every time I play, every time I shoot. So, for example, when I'm in a game or anything like that, when I miss, I have to adjust my shot or I have to do this different or when my coach says hey you did this wrong but that that's kind of more criticism but when I fail at running a play wrong or doing something like I could definitely be do better on I go back and evaluate and get better at it failure feedback does not only have work in uh sports but that's what Spencer's right main focus Th- that's is right yeah now. that's where I am that's where he's at that's what he's doing yeah but in your job as well Failures feedback in my job. I've learned a lot of ways not to build something. Yeah. <laughs> what old, uh, what's that, like, guy who did the light bulb? Oh, Thomas Edison. What's he say about he that? Says, he has a good quote. Here, here, yeah, here's a quote for him. I have not failed, but I have found 10,000 ways that the light bulb didn't work. So he's not looking at it as a, fail- as a failure. Obviously, you created the light bulb and we use them a lot, but he found... 10 he's not saying oh i failed 10,000 times he's just saying i found 10,000 ways that he it didn't work and that's taking it as feedback and saying oh what do i have to change this little bit to fix it i think in a everyday setting we are using failures feedback yeah at work at play cooking whatever we're doing we're constantly Looking at the situation, like, oops, messed that up. Don't yeah, do it that way. Oops, mm-hmm. mess this up. Don't do it yep. that way. Little tiny things we're we're picking up yeah. our, about ourselves and yeah. making ourselves better through that. Yeah. And just as Joe said, this can work in any aspect in, in life. But one of my idols, Michael Jordan, best basketball, basketball player in the world. Goat. The goat. He... Did you know, Joe, that he got cut from the varsity team as a sophomore? I did not know that. The greatest basketball player ever got cut from the varsity team as a sophomore. So even the best fail at what they do best. And I think we can take from that. And even like he did an interview with this coach and was like, you just weren't good at that time. Like you just weren't good at the point that we needed you or anything like that. So he went down to JV and played really good and he got better and used his failures feedback, worked hard at it and accomplished it. Yeah. So imagine if he did, make it maybe he's like oh yeah i'm the shiz and then didn't work as hard but i don't think michael jordan would have done that but in other scenarios there's people that have gave up at that point right right there. and there's been plenty of number one overall picks in the nba that's been 
that have been super, super bad. They've gone to that that very high class in the NBA and they're getting paid so much and then they just are not good as everybody think they are and they because they just don't put in the work. Spence, do you think there's an example in your life where you could use failure's feedback? Yeah, like I said earlier in the episode, is basketball, but in obviously I'm not married yet, but you can use it in relationships as well since you, you're married. Are you saying I'm a failure in my relationship? Um, I'm saying you, <laughs> you fail sometimes. Absolutely. Not, not everybody's perfect, but... I would say that. I'd absolutely say that you're right. Um, failure in my relationship constantly. Yeah. Failure as a dad constantly. Failure as an uncle once in a while. Not too once much. Once in a while. I'm not, not, uncle. Eh, not much. But yeah, as a as a parent, ask any parent out there that constantly I feel like I'm failing at this or at that, trying to raise my kids, trying to provide for my family, trying to be a good husband. Right. The The structure of a family will stretch you and make you a better person, a stronger person if you're doing it right. Yeah. But constantly I am failing. I'm failing it. Doesn't matter if it's simple as getting mad at my son or... Um, not being able to make enough money to pay the bills. Right. Something's always failing, and I'm always having to pick it up, move it up a notch, perform, outperform a, what I did the week before, right. the month before. Right. So, yeah, I use that concept constantly. Yeah. And for I, I'm always going to sports with this, Joe. Right. That's what, that's yeah. what you're in. That's, what's, that's so, good. So weightlifting. That's why we have both of us here, so right. we can get a couple so get, different point yeah. of views. So weightlifting it, – when you're trying to max out or get to the max weight that you can lift, do you fail at all? Do you think you get so much weight that you can't do it that one time? Absolutely. Yeah, so failure is feedback. You fail, you got to take a little bit of weight off, and then the next time you can get it, that the next couple weeks when you max out again. All this seems to be uh, failure is feedback. Right in between the failure and feedback, seems like there's a lot of work going on. Oh, in yeah, this. and there's been plenty of people that I know and you know, I'm guessing, that have that mindset and that mentality of I'm not giving up until I can do this. Kobe Bryant, for example. Kobe Bryant is Mamba mentality. He is, he, I listened to one of his uh, interviews and speeches. He woke up at four o'clock in the morning, went and worked out, ate breakfast, and then went to another workout. And then he has all this time before those people that wake up at 8 or the people that wake oh, yeah. up at 10. Yeah, he's already a notch above every time, right. every morning. And if you keep doing that every single day, in a year you're going to be you're going to be surpassing everyone that's that was with you. That's not doing that, which is a exactly. whole grip of people. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So how can we take failure's feedback and how does that relate to being a gentleman in this world? How does that help us as a group of people become more gentleman, more yeah, more of a man. More, more of a man. So when I go on dates, like or dances in my school, and the very first date I, I went on, I didn't, like I'm, I'm going to be honest here with you guys, but I failed. I didn't open the door for her or for like the car door for her. Like I didn't communicate as well. But uh, more and more dates I went on, the more and more things I knew I can do better or the things I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I did it and made the date more enjoyable. Only things you can learn through experience. Exactly. So, Joe, what what do you think about that? About 
what feel, failures feedback and how do you can apply it to a man and being better? I think taking that principle of failures feedback and using it helps us out in a lot of different ways. First of all, if we are that man that takes failures feedback instead of quits, yeah, then obviously we'll we're not quitting. Farther. Right, we're getting further. Using that in a work setting, a athlete setting, it doesn't matter. It's a principle that applies to every part of yeah. your life, right? Yeah. So once we start doing that on a constant basis and make a habit of it, then we are accomplishing at that point. Yeah. And Michael Jordan, one of his best quotes ever, I can always accept failure, but I can never accept not trying or quitting. When the point where you break and stop fixing your failures or becoming better from your failures, we're not saying don't fail. We're saying get better from those failures. It also shows humility. Right. If you're able to take that feedback, that means that means you're rolling right over into our next topic, Yeah. which is take criticism. Take criticism. Be teachable, right? If you're not teachable and not taking criticism, you're probably not going to be able to take that feedback and use From it. From that failure. Yep. Right. So let's jump into so, our next yeah. topic, or do you got anything that, else you want no, to share about no, that? No, next, the next part of our topic in the episode, Joe, what do you think about take criticism and be teachable? I think these are huge. They're they're such a big part of life. Yeah. Um, let me read you a quote from Norman uh, Peely. The trouble with most people, oh, sorry, the trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than be saved by criticism. So when if a boss came to you, Joe, and it's just like, dude, you're doing so good at this and this, in my opinion, I would be like, so what can I get better on? How can I get that raise? How can I get this? Yeah, you're the Is person it, that wants a little bit of right, constructive criticism. Right. And I, I've I've uh, been guilty of this. When people um, talk bad about me or take, well, not really talk bad about me, but take that, gave me that criticism, I don't take it well. And I kind of just say, dude, what are you doing? Why are you being mean to me, you know? Oh, really? But, yeah, in my opinion. I probably was at your age, actually, but as you yeah. get older and- you get but in a setting just, of where you can yeah. grow and your livelihood depends on how well yeah. you're doing. Yeah, you're ready to take some criticism at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so with me, I, I could walk in school with the crappiest clothes on. I wouldn't really care. But just things that like I'm really trying hard at this and everybody's like, dude, why are you doing that? That's kind of stupid. I'm like, dang, bro. Get a little sad, get a little hurt about that. Yeah, but. Pokes your feel goods. Pops, it makes pops it, <laughs> it makes my feel goods hurt. Yeah. But but I need to get better on that, taking that criticism and being like, hmm, maybe that their opinion doesn't matter or okay, let's make that better in that sense of what they're judging me on. So I want to go back to that quote. I want to tell a story about this quote I just talked okay. about. Go ahead, Joe. I'm gonna say the quote again. Okay. The trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. In that situation where somebody is not courageous enough to to criticize you, mm-hmm. you are literally ruined by praise. I mean, yeah. it's not bad to praise people. Praise is good. Praise needs to be there. Yep, it needs to be there. But in this story, there's this lady who wanted to be criticized about her story she was writing. Okay. And she brings it to this other lady, and she says, hey, could you tell me about this? Yeah. And this lady was a little scared to criticize her about her story. 
And so she didn't criticize her. But as she was reading it, she thought to herself, well, she needs to fix this. She needs to fix this. And she needs to fix this. She didn't, she didn't criticize her. She praised her and gave her story back to her. The lady who wrote the story brought it to a professional who was going to edit it and publish it. And as the, as she read that story, she gave the exact same criticism that the other lady the was going to give. Yep. So, so if, if you would, if that first person would have been um, courageous enough at that moment to criticize and honest. and honest at that moment to criticize her and what she thought, then that would have saved face for the lady who was bringing it to a professional to read. Spencer, can I tell you that I, there's nothing I love more? Well, there is, but one of the things I love most in the world is a teachable individual. Yeah. A humble, what can I do to help you, Josiah, person, right? right? Mm-hmm. I've been a carpenter ever since I was right out of high school at 18. I've been running crews of carpenters from 22 till now. Yeah. And I've realized that when guys show up on your job, a new employee, a new crew member, a whole nother crew that you've went to go be a foreman of, you can see who's teachable and who's not within the first week or two. Because you're telling them what to, because obviously you're the boss and over that crew. So if you're telling them what to do and they're like, eh, I'll yeah, there's just do some this of them way. out there. It's like, why are you telling me what to do? I know best. Right. There's other ones out there like, you're obviously my boss. You've got there somehow. Could you please teach me what you're trying to tell right. me? Right. And Joe, you've owned businesses, right? I have, yep. And so if someone came up to you, there's two people that want, or for an interview for you to get hired Mm -hmm. and one comes up and you kind of can tell that he's not really taken that coachability or that teachable sense and the other one is who you gonna hire obviously the teachable one right right? i would rather have a teachable scrawny someone who looks like they're not good at what i'm about ready to give them Uh and i'd rather have them than that unteachable proud don't tell me what to do type of guy. Right. Right. So as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I'm thinking to myself, I've hired a lot of 18-year-olds back in the day. I, I can't find an 18-year-old to hire nowadays for some reason. That's a whole other topic about yeah. our, our youth coming up and not being able to work or find a job. Not that that's everywhere, but where I'm at, that's what's happening. So when I was back in the early 2000s, I would hire 18-year-olds constantly. And as they came on the job, they were already teachable or not teachable. And so I said to myself, what, what is creating that? What is making those people humble enough to be teachable? Or what is making that person so proud that he cannot take criticism? And so what I did was called up a very smart individual who has a master's degree in counseling. And I talked to her. And said to her, you know, I asked her that question, you know, you took a lot of sociology, you've did a lot of counseling. What is it that makes us tick that way? What is it that makes us be teachable? What is it that makes us be so proud that we can't be teachable? Right. So she gave me a, she pulled out her uh, fire hydrant hose and tried to give me a drink with it and I couldn't take everything she was telling me. So I'm yeah. like, okay, you're kind of dumb it you, down. Yeah, Can you make this Barney style for me? Like, <laughs> dumb it down right. for me. So what she did, she told me about how a kid is raised. A person is who they are because of the stages of life and how they're raised 
differently. For instance, let's take this um, little child. He goes up to his mom and he says to him, Mom, I'm, I've been hurt. I'm, I'm feeling bad. And the parent's reaction is what creates this child to become a teachable person or an unteachable person, right? Yeah. And there's, and the parent can either say, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. Uh, let me kiss it better. And as a child feels better, the child runs away. And it's very damaging, I guess, to bring that child back and be like, oh, let me kiss that better again. Let me right. let me rehash that problem it, you're having. And the kid's like, I'm better. What are you doing? You know, it confuses her. Yeah. Anyway, so that creates kind of a hopeless feeling for that child. Like, yeah. like I'm not going to get better. Get better. Yeah. Or there's the other parent that says, suck it up, you little brat. Tie your, tie your own shoelaces and get, get on, you know? Yeah. Tighten your shoe straps and freaking get tough. Uh-huh. And that creates uh, a bad problem as well. So you're supposed to be balanced right in between those two. And this this is a, at every stage of life, whether it's a toddler, a preschooler, a middle schooler, high school, these these principles and these ways that we raise our children is, what, is what's creating this. And so um, to fix this problem. What do you do? Well, we need to learn how to be gents raising kids. Right. We need to do a better job than the generation before us raising kids. Are we going to mess up our kids some way? Of course we of are. Of course. That's what parents do best is mess up kids, right? So as a parent, we need to be a little more balanced. We don't need to be that over-nurturing, call it back, thrash it up again parent, but at the same time, we can't be that parent and suck it up kind of parent. We, we love them. Right. We pat them on the butt. We tell them it's going to be okay. Kiss it better. Send them on their way. Right. So that's how we fix that problem. The toddler stage is another story. The preschool stage is another story. All the way up until they're out of the house, then it's not the parent's problem anymore, but you're still developing. You're still becoming who you're going to be and changing your ways for good or bad all the way up until you pass away. Right. You're always changing. You're always learning when you grow old. Better or worse. You're right. Always, you're, ne- you're never sitting idle. You're always getting better or worse. Yep. So that's that's how we're going to fix this problem as a uh, parent. Uh, there's, a, there's actually a really good quote by... Uh, uh, Frederick Douglass mm-hmm. says it's easier to build strong children than to re- repair broken men. Right. That's that concept. We gotta we gotta start at that l- young age, and I know it's so hard as a parent to to not lose your cool and be like, "Suck it up, little kid, hurry up!" Or or if you're keep bringing up, keep hashing that the the things, the negative things that happened. If you keep bringing that up, that's that's not that's not good as well. Right. So. Back to our topic. Um, what if if these kids are showing up on my job site already like that? What right. are we going to do then? What's our next step then? Well, just like we said before, we're, we're still we can still change and and develop right now. So work on being teachable. Absolutely. First step, just like everything in our lives, whether we're an addict or whether we are. Anything that is controlling us that we don't like, right. we need to recognize the problem. Right. So if the if if the person that is unteachable can recognize that problem, man, half the battle's already done. Yeah, it, just recognizing that addiction or problem, and then having that mindset of I need to change this, just like what you said, that's half the battle. And if you are one of those people, a couple of the tips that 
this counselor gave to me mm-hmm. was in that instance of not wanting to listen or retaliating, get, getting defensive, you mm-hmm. need to pause. She says that pause right there will make all the difference for your life. Okay. Pause, listen and learn. That's what she it, told evaluate. us. Evaluate. Yep. And as a teacher, you try to make a safe place. You try to make a a, a relationship that they can trust you with mm-hmm. so that they can build that. And, and it right. takes time to, to fix this problem, just like any problem anybody has ever had. It always right. takes time. Yep. So dealing with someone like this, I've dealt with many of them. I'm, I'm going to give my little bit of advice of how to deal with somebody who is like this. Right. My very best plan of action or my very best way that I've been able to help or teach teach these guys what I'm trying to get through to them is the very first thing I do. I see their problem. Um, I see they need to fix it. They need to correct it or it's going to continue happening in whatever work situation we're in and and handicap this whole crew. Right. So I go over to them. Very first thing I do is I lay down a compliment for them. Because mm-hmm. even though they're messing this up and doing whatever that is not good, I guarantee you there's still some good about it. Yeah. There's still some good that kid is doing. Right. So I go over, I lay down this rule, or, or sorry, not rule. I lay down this compliment. compliment that is, hey, you're doing really good at whatever he's doing good at. Uh-huh. And then, and then kind of do that criticism and then part. I creep into that criticism, like, but you know, you could work on this and this. And because I've built them up at first, I've noticed that their confidence is up. They've opened up to me. You. They're trusting me. Right. And then I lay down a couple of, you know, fix this and this. Right. A couple of lines of criticism. Yeah. And then at the end, I leave one other thing of compliment, like, oh yeah. And by the way, you're doing really good at this and this. Mm-hmm. And so by the they felt positive when I showed up, I gave them a little criticism. If they did feel those negative things in there, I tried to wash it away with a little more right. um, complimenting. complimenting and positive things. And I think that's where like the kiss it better kind of comes in. Like kiss it better, show that you love them, and then kind of let them out, not let them out their own, but give them the criticism that you're talking about. And I, that's what I like as as a kid. I love I like when my parents do that. They're saying... Spence, you're doing an awesome, good, great job at this, but you can do a little bit better in this area so you can even be better. Or when a coach is like, if if a coach just yells at me, that's my biggest pet peeve, and I don't like that. That's but, something that our counselor told us. Like, right. If you're arguing and yelling with someone like that, mm-hmm. they automatically throw up their defenses, and they are not going to listen to you. Right, and that's what I, that's what I don't like. Is But if they're like, Spence, you've been shooting the ball really great, but in this play, but in this possession, you could have played defense a lot better. And I'd be like, all right, that's awesome. And then they leave awesome. you with another criticism. That's right. called a criticism sandwich is what uh, <laughs> my counselor I talked to told me that. Yep. Um, but think about this. How nice is it to work or to play mm-hmm. or just to be around someone who is that humble yeah. and that good at, at taking that criticism if you're humble enough to take criticism, you're usually humble enough to listen to somebody in other areas or yeah. you're humble and kind in, in other areas. So it's reflecting not only in this work or constructive criticism area, right. but it's reflecting in other aspects of your life. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And how does this apply to being a gent? How does this, how does this going to make us better if we do this? It's going to make us better in every aspect of our lives. We've talked about it. Being a gent 
respecting a woman, being better at your job, just being an all-around good person. I think that's what a gent is, is an all-around great person that people want to be around, that people want to hire, that people want to look up to. So when you have those qualities of getting that failure and getting it and making it better or taking criticism and being coachable from another person, that's just going to make you an all-around better person. I think that's what our goal is here yeah, is these, the podcast. These traits we're talking about right now of, of receiving criticism or getting that feedback, those that's not a single trait for a single thing. Right. That is everything in your life, your relationships with your mom, relationships with your wife, relationships with your kids, yeah. work, playing sports. There's nothing that this principle of being teachable will not affect in our lives. Right. I mean, it's it's the simple fact of being humble. I mean, what does that not help, you know? It's in every aspect of our life. Correct. So, Joe, I think that we've covered a lot that me and you have both uh, kind of planned here. I got one more question before we okay. stop. Yeah. Do you think you take constructive criticism well? Do you think you're a humble person that you uh, react well to that sometimes offensive right. criticism? Right. So I don't, I definitely could work on it a lot more. And this podcast, I think we can get better at it too. This isn't just for you guys. This is for us as well. Mainly for uh, us. Yeah. So I'll take this challenge and our question that we have this week and I'll definitely get better at taking criticism. I, I usually don't take it well. Um, but I can definitely get better at it. Cool. And what about you, Joe? Uh, I think now that I'm older, I do. I, uh-huh. I do a pretty good job at it. Yeah. I would say all the way up until my early 20s, I wasn't that good at it. Yeah. Until I actually, what really, really helped me is when I became a boss of, of, of mm-hmm. a few people. Of a crew. And I started to see, I would tell somebody something and they wouldn't take it. And, that, and I would know for a fact that I knew what was going on there. Right. And he needed to do what was asked of him to make this happen. Right. And once I was in that position, I was like, holy cow, I need to be more humble and more teachable yeah. so that I am not creating this situation mm-hmm. of a bad riff in the in the work area. And so I think around the, or my early 20s, I started being a more teachable person, being more humble about people telling me what to do, especially if that person was older than me or they were in this trade longer than me or they knew more about this topic than me then yeah most of the time i'm able to sit back and say yeah i'll listen to you yeah i'll I'll do what you say because you probably do know more than me. right right awesome are you are you done with the question your mom's done with the question okay knock knock who's there joe Joe who? Joe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Your goofball. Okay, so let's let's tell them our challenge and let's right. tell them our question for the week. Okay, sick. So our question for this week, it's kind of a rhetorical question, so you guys don't have to answer. But can all of us, all of us and our listeners become 10% better at listening or taking criticism? If you were grown up, not that you were grown up wrong, but... If you're grown up, not taking that criticism, can you change that habit? And the challenge for this week? The challenge. Is I challenge us and our listeners to use the advice that this very smart counselor gave us this 
during this episode. Yeah. I challenge us when we're getting some constructive criticism, I want us to stop, take that moment to pause. I want us to listen and to learn. When you feel those defenses going up, you can feel that. Like someone comes over yeah, and yeah. starts giving you this criticism. You can either feel like, ooh, you can feel those defenses go up or you can feel humble about it. So the way to feel the humble about it, the way to fix your problem of take not a, being able to be criticized. Take a pause. Take a pause. Listen and learn. Pause, listen, learn. Pause, listen, learn. Just like that. Perfect. Yep. I want you all to I want you all to try that one time this week. Evaluate the the situation and, and realize, then take that criticism. Realize guess what? I could probably learn something right here if I would just pause, listen learn. Yeah, Joe, I agree 100%. So next week we'll be talking about what ifs and would you rathers. The topic of that everybody's talked about. I don't know one situation that I was with somebody and I didn't ask them that. And then guys, just to conclude the episode, guys, make sure to follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever streaming platform you guys are listening from. Make sure to follow us. It'll help us get noticed. And guys, Follow us on our socials, our Instagram and our Twitter. So we, we put polls up there and all stuff like that. You guys can get updates on our lives and everything like that. And giveaway time next week, we're going to give you all the updates. So please be there so you guys can get all the info on there. Until then, Betterman. Betterman.